The views expressed at WTFlandia are not to direct, guide, or sway public opinion for entertainment purposes only. Welcome to WTF Landia Radio Show, folks. It is the last 24 hours before America has elected our 46th president. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness gracious. Oh. And if you're feeling like how I feel, then you'll probably uh, be gasping for air like I am, uh, lying down in the fetal position like I am, and looking up anything you can find on the internet to try to show you who might win, and hopefully it's your guy, right? (laughs) In a sense. In this case, it's your guy, because, you know, Hillary, Hill, oh, Hill, Hill gal is not running this year. So... We are looking at two power players. We're looking at Joey B and DJ T um, with uh, their VPs, uh, Kamala Harris and Michael Pence. So we're just uh, we're just kind of on edge right now. We're less than 24 hours away from knowing, you know, what 100 million people have already done in the early stages of this election. They have voted. Oh, more than 100 million people have voted already for this election. This is out of control in a pandemic, guys. This is breaking, breaking, breaking records, breaking news, breaking, smashing, everything. Everything you ever knew before 2020 is now just amplified. It's almost like steroids. 2020 has us on steroids. I don't think we'll ever come down. We all feel like Arnold Schwarzenegger as far as our, like, our brains. Our brains are huge, like, you know, like I said, like the 80s Arnold Schwarzenegger's muscles. Like, it just feels like they'll pop. My brain feels like it's going to pop. It doesn't know whether it's coming or going. And so what I did was I did some justice of going onto the YouTube and doing some compilations of some prophecies, some professors' predictions, and just some predictions of, you know, where we might be tomorrow evening. Whether we'll be uh, at a campaign uh, winter rally for Joey B or we'll be at one for DJT. Uh, Either way, (laughs) we've already set ourselves up for some possibilities. We've set ourselves up already. The news has been, you know, cycling around this idea that, you know, DJT might not, uh, you know, succeed to a peaceful transfer of power. They might just be like, you know, I won this. I don't know what happened that drive-through uh, election ballot section, but that didn't win the presidency. Y'all got to count those again or throw those out or something. But this is, I'm the winner. And I'll be here for another 12 to 16 years. He actually said that. So we'll know. We'll see by tomorrow. If that'll hold true. Um, or maybe he's just tired. He's like, you know what? That was fun for four years. I need a break. I would rather golf. And I'd rather, you know, hang out with my, you know, my wife and kid at this point. But I don't know. It doesn't look like there's any back down. He said he did six rallies today on the November the 2nd, which is quite, well, it's quite, it's quite active. <laughs> it's quite active if you ask me. 
Um, and Joey B's been doing a lot of drive-through action, and he's he, he did a little funny funny tweet. He said, "How did all these people end up in my basement?" That's a little tongue-in-cheek to DJT. It says it can be like Joey Biden and hang out and hide out in your basement. And so that's where we are in 2020, going low, 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 and low to the floor, as low as we can go. And it's very, very interesting and concerning and all just all, all confusing. And uh, it seems just this where we are. So I don't know, guys. I, I don't know. I feel like what we can do is what if you've done your part you went out and voted you've done your part and then all you gotta do is sit back and kind of watch the news not don't do like me don't watch the news the news program that you don't want to watch because they'll put your guy behind and then you'll be on edge the whole time but um yeah just have a look have a peek over into uh the news and 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 find out or turn it off fast and pray the whole day i, I might do that part because for me, I need to do that because, you know, I have uh, American children that will live in America at some point one day. And they'll need to be, you know, not rolled back to 1964 by the time they get there. You know, there's some great universities there um, that they might want to go to. And you want to feel safe. You want to feel safe in your country. You want to feel safe walking around by being black and by being a minority and by being a woman and by being a this and by being a that. So we have the tug and pull between people saying that this guy is the guy of, you know, the God, the God's president. And this guy is a guy of debauchery president. And this guy, you know, and it's just so confusing. Again, the more confusion that goes around this is my my thought the more confusion that you can amp up the more you're easily able to accept results that are not in your favor right i should say that again the more confusing things are the easier you are to accept things that are not in your favor because it's so confusing already you're like oh that again oh how did that happen i guess i guess i guess because everything's been so confusing already. So you're just like, oh, okay. So think about that. Run that through your brain a few times and, and, and tell me if that doesn't feel about accurate. If you're confused enough, you're, you're going to accept whatever comes out because you're just already confused. You just, you've heard this, you've heard that, you've gone here, you've gone there, you've gone to church, you've gone to, you know, to not church. You've gone to, you know, North Carolina, you've gone to California. Either way, you've gone, you found the news and you found um, these predictions to, to, to not leave you with a whole lot of certainty, probably. And conceding or not to concede, if you heard that enough, you're like, well, anything can happen. So when you're uncertain, you're like, oh, well, I guess that could have happened. So you're, amp- you're able to accept the outcome a little better. That is a scary place to be, America. It's a scary place to be, world. But I do know this. I know God already knew what was going to happen. God already has this planned out. And I think God's a little confused with everything that we're go- we got going on. We're, we're, just, we're just teetering on, oh, on to anything and everything. <laughs> 
as a Christian, there's certain rules that, you know, we're not supposed to be, you know, jumping into. And there's a lot of things, you know, look, I'm a human. I've made a lot of mistakes. So I get it. I pray and I ask God for forgiveness and I say, God, make me better for for this from this moment forward, not from the past, not to look too far into the future. But you just make decisions in the moment that are going to be beneficial and better for you where you are in your life at this moment. And so I don't know that we're in a, you know, in a better position in this moment than we were, you know, four to eight years ago or, or what, or if we're going to make ourselves in a better position now, but I know this from the ramblings and from the social media and from the news people are really going out to do their part because they are so uncertain about where this could end up where this could go right and so you know you got a lot of people doing stepping up to the plate and doing their part which is really great it's actually really great to know that people are starting to say you know what before I thought my vote didn't count now I know it does there was a woman who was 104 years old and she was like Oh, yeah, I'm coming out here to vote. She was a sassy one. She's like, yeah, I came out here. I have to come out here to vote before I... And then she insinuated that she was going to do something to the old president that she shouldn't do at 104. I shan't repeat it here because it was might, might have been an act of violence from an elderly woman of... Uh, a young a young lady of 104. Uh, but she was not... She was not about that life not about that DJT life. So she was like, really <laughs> going to her, her voting poll and voting. And she didn't matter that she had to stand in line. She had a mask on, but these people are sassy and people, you know, a lot of people are like Joey B that guy can't finish a thought. So it might be four years before the thoughts roll around. And, uh, you know, so they're going out and they're, you know, poll watching or whatever they do. <laughs> And they're going into it uh, like that way, trying to get their votes to to count and secure and things like that. So I don't know. But what I do know is that I did put again, I did put a compilation of prophecies and, 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 and predictions and, and professors coming up with their ideas of where this could go. And... Uh, I don't know. Being a Christian, being a identify and identifiable Christian woman who has a stronger relationship with God now than ever, because Christianity as a religion is can be deemed so many different ways that I can't really. And if I, you know, all I can say is I believe that Jesus died on the cross to save me from my sins. I know that. I believe that, and that's you know the great sacrifice that God, uh, you know, gave his son to the world to sacrifice that. So I, I believe that growing up in the church, I believe that I don't believe that all, I don't believe in all of the, um, the, the new age thought processes that are coming with what people think is Christianity and what they think it is not or what is extreme Christianity. I just think that I, this is simple for me. I think that Jesus is love and Jesus taught love. And so for me, that's all I need to know. And so when I think of, when I think of anything else, 
I think it to be extreme and I think it to not be of Jesus, not to be of God, not to be of a Christian nature. So all this, the Trump trainers and the people with those Bible verses that are advocating violence and, 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 and cussing and then saying and then praying at the same time. I don't know. Maybe that's their relationship with God, but that doesn't feel very Christian to me. So everybody has their ideas. Everybody has their way of going about it today. But I know that God taught us to love our brothers and sisters and love humanity. And so that's the side of Christianity. I only side of Christianity I want to be on. And I want to have be on the side of Christianity that lends my hand to my fellow brothers and sisters of the world, of any religion, <laughs> of any faith, of any sex, of any... That's uh, not my job to go out there and try to say what you're supposed to do and how you're supposed to do it. That's not my job. That's God's job. When you have a relationship with God, you answer to God. So that's what I believe. And until I can call myself a God, which I never ch- would choose to do then I will never put myself in that position to, to go ahead and say, you know, you know, I, I, you know, F you guys and this and that. And I think, you know, you know, you guys should go to hell because you are doing this and sleeping with that and doing that. It's not my job. It's not my job. It's not your job either, buddy. Stay out of it. Let go and let God. That's what I think. Um, we can keep it simple. If we kept it simple, God might have an easier time doing his job without us doing a job for him and then not really making the religion look bad as a whole. Because there's also, you're also supposed to not judge or not supposed to kill and not supposed to, all that, right? Those are all against the Bible, against, uh, you know, the, Christ, the Christian religion. So a lot of the people that are doing these things in, in, in honor of support of certain candidates are we're probably really uh, going against the grain of what's what's right. You know, the Ten Commandments and all that. So it's, again, a confusing time. So if you are as confused as I am, then you'll uh, enjoy this episode because it doesn't get any more clear. And the only clarity will come tomorrow, November the 3rd, Tuesday, November the 3rd, 2020. And we will find out who will be the 46th president of the United States of America. Until then, I did say that I would give you my prediction. Here's what I think. Here's what I think. Here's what I think. You guys ready for this? I think. I think that Joey B will win the popular vote without a doubt. And I think that the RVAT, Republicans voters against Trump, will have ramped it up enough to stop the electoral states from winning the popular the vote for Trump. And I think that Joey Biden is going to be our 46th president. That is my prediction. We shall see tomorrow. I'll come back in here tomorrow evening and we will watch the clock along with everyone. Until then, enjoy the compilation pieces I put together from news outlets such as MSNBC, Fox News, and other prophetic uh, outlets. Um, enjoy the show, guys. And if you haven't voted, this is... Uh, 8.20 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on November 2nd. You can still vote and you can still register to vote in California and places like that. Check uh, check your stats. 
and get out there and vote. And let's make sure that your candidate wins, okay? Joey B., you're on my clock and you're in my prayers. Uh, Kamala Harris, you're on the clock and in my prayers. Uh, DJT, may the peace and the force be with you, buddy. I'd love to get you on the show after this is a wrap. Uh, <laughs> or whatever happens. Love to have you on uh, WTF Atlantic because it's been four years of WTF and, and boy, you're at the driver's seat of it, buddy. Um, but I think that you have some some pretty savvy saunter. So we'd like to talk to you. Until that, until then, guys, have a good night's sleep. Try to sleep if you can, America. Know that your vote, vote does count. And uh, hopefully... Uh, we can hold it together and and just and really truly 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 have dissent and not uh, go to town if your guy doesn't win and and start this unnecessary uh, chaos that that the news is already trying to predict we don't want to see things happen like at CW we'll just call it that we don't want a CW to happen we don't want the PBs to, to go out there in full force against the BLMs and, and start a CW. We want people to have dissent and to um, have a really kind humanitarian heart. And if their guy doesn't win, try again for next the next four years. But let's uh, bow out if you lose and do a peaceful transfer of power. And if not, then let's kind of uh, work to see how we can make humanity and make people of color and people of all types feel safe in America. Because it's the power is in our hand, people. Power is in people's hands, and we are better than we're acting. My heart is, my heart is, my heart is. It's it's all over the place tonight, guys. I have to be honest. It's 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 it's. It's everywhere, but I'll be praying tonight, and I hope you will as, as well. Find your faith. If you don't find it any time right now, it's time to find it. I ask that you please say a meditation, prayer, something with me, but put your prayers in a powerful way and try to manifest all the good that you can possibly manifest through prayer and through the power of prayer, okay? Because... God already knows what's going to happen, and he already knew what's going to happen. But right now, we need to be there for each other and really, really, really uh, make America pray again. (laughs) Later. 44%. You know that 44% of the people said none of your business, and that meant Trump. They call it the none of your business vote. But almost all of them, I think maybe all of them were Trump, so they didn't count them. So they said, oh, this is going to be a blowout tonight. But they didn't realize, you know, these pollsters haven't been doing so good with me. And uh, we blew it out. It was incredible. It started with Ohio. Remember, we're going to do great in Ohio tomorrow, too, by the way. Great place. Donald Trump has won the state of Ohio. That's a big state. 
You know, I heard for a year while we were doing this, you cannot win unless you win the state of Ohio. Every night they did it. And then all of a sudden, poll numbers started coming out that I was leading in Ohio. But anyway, but they thought I was going to win by one point. I won by eight. They said he won Ohio. He won by eight points. What the hell is going on here? That's a lot. And then they said, oh, no. Oh, no. Please don't tell me this. Donald Trump has won the state of Florida. No, no, no. No, please. Please, please, please. Remember Martha Raddatz, ABC? Oh, my God. Oh, please. Please don't tell me this. Oh, no, I'm a neutral. I'm, I'm very neutral. I don't. Uh, please. Martha, you're neutral. Please, the tears, wipe them away quickly. No, then we won Florida, then we won Georgia, then we won South Carolina, then we won the firewall, was remember North Carolina. That's their firewall. We are going to win North Carolina. They have, they put so much money into North Carolina. But uh, we had a, an asset from North Carolina named Lara, Lara, Lara Trump, married to, married to the legendary Eric. Trump, where are you? Are you two there? We had a we had a big asset there, Laura Trump, and she knew that area so well, and they loved her so much. They loved her so much, and they just had another baby, and they named the baby Carolina. They named the baby Carolina. And I, I tell you, though, but I, I said we have to give South Carolina some credit, too, for that. Bring them up. Bring them up. Bring them up. Come on up. Get over here. Come on. Bring them up. Bring them up. Great. Come on. Come on, Laura. This one. They love her in North Carolina, South Carolina, Pennsylvania. And they love her in Wisconsin, too. Here you go. Oh, my God. I'm done now, apparently. Wisconsin, who here is ready for four more years? A vote for Donald Trump is a vote for freedom. A vote for Donald Trump is a voice vote for the future. A vote for Donald Trump is a vote for God. And a vote for Donald Trump is a vote for America. Yeah. How do you guys feel? Are we going to win Wisconsin? Let's go do this a second time. Thank you. Great job. Thank you very much. Thank you, honey. Thanks, Eric. Thanks, sweetheart. They're doing a good job. They're working hard, I'll tell you. They're all working hard. They're all working hard. We have a whole group of families. It's like a family reunion tonight. Now, well, you know, this is now the big time because tomorrow's the big day. And uh, we have one more stop. See, actually, you know, I did five today. But I could say I, could say I did six because in Miami, we finished it close to 2 o'clock in the morning. So let's say I did 6 today, okay, after Grand Rapids. Joe Biden is bought and paid for by big tech, big media, and powerful special interests. You know that. They own him, they control him, and they know he will always do their bidding. And when he raises $300 million for this campaign in a short period of time, 
ask him, what deals did you have to make? Because I would be the greatest fundraiser of all time. I can... to be run alongside of Kamala Harris. Look, I know as a Scranton boy and then raised on the border of Southern Pennsylvania and Claymont, Delaware, I know it's not always easy to bring Western and Eastern Pennsylvania together. But you know what? The Steelers got a big win yesterday and the Eagles got a big win last night. So we can both be happy. <laughs> and folks, I have a feeling we're coming together for a big win tomorrow. My Lord, there's a lot of you out here in this cold night. Thank you. And by the way, in the, in the parking garage, don't jump. I need you. Don't jump. Folks, look. 18 months ago, we kicked off the campaign at Teamsters Local 249 right here in Pittsburgh. I chose Western Pennsylvania for my first stop as a candidate and now for my last stop before Election Day because you represent the backbone of this country. Hardworking families are asking nothing but a fair shot, an even chance. Ordinary people doing extraordinary things. The qualities that built this country, that created and sustained the middle class. And by the way, as I said twice other today, unions built the middle class. Look, we've been through a lot in this country since we announced. America's facing a confluence of crises unlike anything in living memory. We're still in the battle for the soul of America. Decency, honor, respect. Where has it gone with this president? But let me tell you something, folks. Tomorrow's the beginning of a new day. Tomorrow, we can put an end to a presidency that has left hardworking Americans out in the cold. Tomorrow, we can put an end to a presidency that has divided this nation and fan the flames of hate. Tomorrow, we can put an end to a presidency that has failed to protect this nation. Ladies and gentlemen, millions of Americans have already voted, close to 100 million, and millions more will vote tomorrow. And my message to you is simple. The power to change this country is in your hands. In your Well, 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 ladies and gentlemen, we are less than 24 hours away from electing our 46th president of the good old United States of America, people. <gasps> Some might refer to this as Election Day. Some might refer to it as doomsday. Some might refer to it as D-Day for Democratic Day. I don't know. But it's, it's, it, 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 this is a nerve-wracking one, you guys. There has been over 100 million people that voted. I didn't even know there was 100 million people. 
in the United States. That's how much I know. There's not that many in Canada. Tell you that much. But, uh, yeah, there's a hundred million people that have already voted early. Wow. 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 You heard it there from Joe Biden and from Donald J. Trump. You guys, two different messages, two different candidates from two different sides of the aisle. And we are sitting in what will be, again, probably one of our more marginal races in modern history. Not only are we living and voting in a pandemic, but we are probably in some of the more tense times that we've been in in quite some time as Americans and as a globe but definitely as Americans with the real big racial tension. There's talks of, you know, civil wars. We don't want to project that out there though. We don't, we don't want to do that because the more you say it, the more it's a possibility, right? We want to say that, that, that those were thoughts that will not come to fruition because people are better than that. People can dissent. They can say, ah, my candidate didn't win. I'm going to pull back and hope that uh, we can, as a society, as a collective, as a country, pull together and see that our children have a safe, you know, country to live in, grow up in. So that's what I'm going to say that's going to happen on November 3rd and beyond. Um, Otherwise, you know, you're buying into the news and to the suggestions that this is going to be one of those big, big, big events. I mean, TikTok's already saying TikTok is already saying that next week is the end of the world. And, you know, we know TikTok knows a lot, right? Gen Z generation, they just, they know it all. They almost know too much. Either that or they're just, they're, they're pushing it all through, right? Like they're pushing it through. It's like, no, it's not. You're not the Mayan calendar and you're definitely not Jesus. So stop telling us what's happening, TikTok, or stop making it happen. Now I see why they, uh disband TikTok from the U.S. Good move. Good move. Uh, <laughs> um, it's still, it's still on and popping in Canada. And the, the news that my daughter feeds me is just, it's, well, it's a little nerve wracking. Gen Z, slow down, settle down, settle down, settle your bones. Anyways, we have some more. So this evening, guys, hey, welcome to WTF Landia Radio, the last debate the last the 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 presidential madness race to the end of the clock here the last 24 hours before we have elected our 46th president so welcome to the show i'm your host charbothe tonight i want to bring some uh, dare i say predictions I want to introduce you all to some prophets that have been on the YouTube giving their spiel about where they think things are going. We'll introduce those. And we're going to spend this evening kind of diving into what it means to be an American, what it means to be, to have faith in America in choosing your candidates 
and what it means to have dissent and to be still and to have peace of mind during such a tense time. What, how can we bring it about? Are the next few days just going to be overwhelming? Or are they going to be peaceful transitions of power, possibly? And is there going to be a bit more <sighs> calm? Because I've been seeing some, uh, some reports that Canadians are much more calmer than Americans at this moment. And obvious reasons, you know, everybody's still in a pandemic. Canada seems to be doing a little bit better, but there's not, there's not as many people again that live in Canada as in the U.S. So the numbers aren't as high as far as deaths are concerned and numbers. And I think Canada's doing a great job keeping those numbers down. People tend to be uh, doing their part. People tend to be doing their part too in America in a lot of places. And a lot of people are, you know, again, you have on either side of the aisle, mask, mask versus no mask. Um, but the numbers are higher because we have a lot more people. We also have, all again, we have a lot more people that went out and voted already. So this is going to be quite the interesting next 24. My goodness. Stick around. In this portion of the last 24 of WTF Landia presidential election, we're going to talk about, we're going to actually introduce um, a topic that came up in um, one of the last debates. And it was Biden, both, both Joey B and DJT speaking on institutional racism. Have a listen section, which is race in America. And I want to talk about the way black and brown Americans experience race in this country. Part of that experience is something called the talk. It happens regardless of class and income. Parents who feel they have no choice but to prepare their children for the chance that they could be targeted, including by the police, for no reason other than the color of their skin. Mr. Vice President, in the next two minutes, I want you to speak directly to these families. Do you understand why these parents fear for their children? I do. I do. You know, my daughter is a social worker, and uh, she's, always, she's written a lot about this. She has a graduate degree from the University of Pennsylvania in social work. And, you know, uh, one of the reasons why I ended up working on the east side of Wilmington, Delaware, which is 90% African-American, was to learn more about what was going on. What I didn't, I never had to tell my daughter, if she's pulled over, make sure she puts, for a, a traffic stop, put both hands on top of the wheel and don't reach for the glove box because someone may shoot you. But a black parent, no matter how wealthy or how poor they are, has to teach their child when you're walking down the street, don't have a hoodie on when you go across the street, making sure that you, in fact, if you get pulled over, just yes, sir, no, sir, hands on top of the wheel, because you are, in fact, the victim, whether you're a person making 300000 child of a $300,000 a year person or someone who's on, on, on food stamps. The fact of the matter is there is institutional racism in America. And we have always said, we've never lived up to it, that we hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women are created equal. But guess what? We have never, ever lived up to it. But we've always constantly been moving the needle further and further to inclusion. 
not exclusion. This is the first president to come along and says, that's the end of that. We're not going to do that anymore. We have to provide for economic opportunity, better education, better health care, better access to schooling, better access to opportunity to borrow money to start businesses. All the things we can do, and I've laid out a clear plan as to how to do those things just to give people a shot. It's about accumulating the ability to have wealth as well as it is to be free from violence. President Trump, same question to you, and let me remind you of the question. I would like you to speak directly to these families. Do you understand why these parents fear for their children? Yes, I do. And again, he's been in government 47 years. He never did a thing except in 1994 when he did such harm to the black community. And they were called, and he called them, super predators. And he said that. He said it, super predators. And they have never lived that down. 1994, your crime bill, the super predators. Nobody has done more for the black community than Donald Trump. And if you look, with the exception of Abraham Lincoln, possible exception, but the exception of Abraham Lincoln, nobody has done what I've done. Criminal justice reform. Obama and Joe didn't do it. I don't even think they tried because they had no chance at doing it. They might have wanted to do it, but if you had to see the arms I had to twist to get that done, it was not a pretty picture, and everybody knows it, including some very liberal people that cried in my office. They cried in the Oval Office. Two weeks later, they're out saying, gee, we have to defeat him. Criminal justice reform, prison reform, Opportunity Zones with Tim Scott, a great senator from South Carolina. He came in with this incredible idea for Opportunity Zones. It's one of the most successful programs. People don't talk about it. Tremendous investment is being made. Biggest beneficiary, the black and Hispanic communities. And then historically black colleges and universities. After three years of coming to the office, I love some of those guys. They were great. They came into the office. And they said, I said, what are you doing? After three years, I said, why do you keep coming back? Because we have no funding. I said, you don't have to come back every year. We have to come back. Because President Obama would never give them long-term funding. And I did. Ten-year long-term funding. And I gave them more money than they asked for. Because they said, I think you need more. And I said, the only bad part about this is I may never see you again. Because I got very friendly with them. And they like me and I like them. But I saved it. Colleges and universities. Okay, and we're going to talk about both of your records, but your response to that, Vice President. My response to that is I never, ever said what he accused me of saying. The fact of the matter is, in 2000, though, after the crime bill had been in, 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 in the law for a while, this is a guy who said the problem with the crime bill, there's not enough people in jail. There's not enough people in jail. And go on my website, get the quote, the date, when he said it. Not enough people. He talked about marauding gangs, young gangs, and the people who are going to maraud our cities. This is a guy who, in the Central Park Five, five innocent black kids, he continued to push for making sure that they got the death penalty. None of them were, none of them were guilty of what the crime, of the crimes they were suggested. Look, and talk about, he, granted, he did, in fact, let, 20 people, he commuted 20 people sentences. We commuted over a thousand people sentences. Over a thousand. The very law he's talking about is a law that, in fact, initiated by Barack Obama. And secondly, we're in a situation here where 
We, the federal prison system was reduced by 38,000 people under our administration. And one of these things we should be doing, there should be no, no minimum ma mandatories in the law. That's why I'm offering $20 billion to states to change their state laws to eliminate minimum mandatories and set up drug courts. No one should be going to jail because they have a drug problem. They should be going to rehabilitation, not to jail. We should fundamentally change the system, and that's what I'm going to do. But why didn't he do it four years ago? Why didn't you do that four years ago, even less than that? Why didn't you I do it? You were vice president. Wow. Well, thank you, ABC News, for that soundbite from the last presidential debate. That was something. That was quite something. It was uh, one of those things where uh, we we watched and we, um, we we took it in and we said, huh, where are these guys going to go with this? How are we uh, dealing with such racial injustice? How are we going to see that either of these guys make, uh, make it better for people of color, black folks living in America? And so th those were some of the answers. Those were some of the retorts from those two. And did it suffice? Now we've got 25, I mean, 50 cent. We've got Little Chitlin, I mean, Little Wayne, and we've got Ice. Well, I'm not going to talk bad about that guy. I like that guy. we got Melted Cube, I mean, Ice Cube. <laughs> Giving DJT the thumbs up. And so these are some power players. But again, rappers aren't the voice for the black people, okay? Neither is Beyonce, although Beyonce... We, we, we already, we, we would accept what you're, where you're going in the direction of, uh, the votes, I think, uh, rather than, uh, where those guys are going, but I don't know. They, we, we've got people on, again, this is one of those heavy, heavy, heavy presidential transitions, uh, that is really tearing America apart. But if you're on the wealthier end of it, Donald Trump might be your guy. And if you're on the, uh, the more of uh, I'd like to be treated to, you know, like anybody else that's not black, um, then you're probably on the other guy's side. So I don't know. This, the, the racial tens tensions are super, super, super high because it's a matter of life and death, let's be honest. And then you get, so we have that, right? We have the debates that we've been listening to, we've been watching, and we've been, you know, kind of just getting an idea of where these guys stand. But then we have, look guys, on the other end of this, we've got, I've been on the YouTube. Okay. I really hardly ever talk about the YouTube, but I've been on there because I've got to see, you know, what, what, uh, you know, what, 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 what these people are talking about here. The, the, the predicting people, predictors, the, the prophets, as they are saying, they, they got a, prophetic words for the United States presidential race. So I've been hearing about those. And so I decided to, you know, go and have a little bit of a listen and look. And I found some things online. And it's like, well, I didn't actually really look. It popped up and I was like, oh, let me look into that more. He's seven. Oh, the Lord told you. And this younger man looked up at the older man. So he said, okay, he's of a higher caliber, probably. The Lord must have given him an updated 
2.0 version of the prophecy. <laughs> That's Sadhu Sandar Salvarji. And that was a word, but this is actually, we jumped ahead. I wanted to um, start at the beginning, number one. And so this is a word, word for the USA, and it was uh, Saturday, October 17th. Um, and it was uh, about the U.S. Uh, presidential race. Let's hear it. Good evening, everybody. Before you sit down, please don't forget the golden rule. All right? Always remember that. Before you sit down, Let's honor God. Shall we? Let's bow ahead for a word of prayer. So on the 28th of September, that was the day of Yom Kippur, the morning of Yom Kippur. So as usual, at 9 in the morning, I knelt down to pray. And as I knelt down, my spiritual eyes were opened. And I saw, I looked into heaven, oh, I saw a, a group of angels and saints of God. They were going somewhere. So I was wondering, where is everyone going to? And they all like seem in a hurry to go. And as I was looking, one among the many angels turned and looked at me and he said, Come and join us. So I asked them, where are you all going? He said, come quickly. Which means, don't ask questions. Just come. Just come. So the next moment I was translated. And I joined the angels. And they said, come, let's go quickly. And we came to the throne room. Not the throne room, but uh, another place where... All the people in heaven gather before the Lord Jesus Christ. So it was like a large uh, square, like a meeting area. And there was a huge group, mostly saints in heaven, angels of God. And there were some uh, people from the earth who were invited there. So when I reached there, so let's suppose, to just give an idea, let's suppose the size of the gathering hall is about the size of this church. So, I came and stood right at the back. You know, they all are saints and I'm just a commoner. Isn't it? Yeah. Right, yeah, I'm a commoner, you know. So I always feel a little bit uh, shy and a little bit, um, I don't, even say a little bit too much, uh, unqualified to stand in that holy gathering. So I stood right at the back and uh, one a great saint from the Bible days, he turned and he looked, he said, where is, he called me by my first name, he said, where, where is he? So someone pointed out, there he's right at the back. So bring him to the front. So I was brought to the front and I saw Neville Johnson standing there. 
So he he stood there. I have seen him many times, you know, in the spiritual realm, in the heavenly places. And he stood there in the front. And as soon as he saw me, he sadhu, you know, like he normally does. That has not changed. That's the style and his mannerism of calling me. So sadhu, come, 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 come and stand here. So I stood be- between Nawaz Johnson and the other biblical saint. And so I asked the uh, biblical saint, who was like a special watcher over my life, why are we here? So he told me, today the Lord is going to make a very important announcement. That is why we all are gathered here. And that is the reason why you have been brought here. Because your job is going to bring this message to the world. So that's why you are here. So, then the Lord began to speak. First he spoke generally. And then he looked specifically at me and he said, now this is what you must bring to the nations. And saying that he said, before you give the word, you must show them one thing and place it on the pulpit and then you give this word. So that's what I'm going to do now. I've never done anything like this in my entire life. So this will be a first. All of you know what is this, right? Is this good sign or bad sign? Okay, now I deliver to you the word of the Lord, verbatim. I'm not going to add one word more. I'm not going to one word subtract. I'm going to read to you as how the Lord spoke to me. The nations are weighed in the balances and found wanting. That's the first word. You read this in Daniel chapter 5, verses 25 to 28. And this is the inscription that was written. So what happens here is, if you may remember this passage in the book of Daniel, King Belshazzar had threw a great party for his nobles, his wives and everybody. And as they were drinking from the holy vessels from the Jerusalem temple, the hand of the Lord appeared and began to write on the wall. You remember that incident? Okay, that is what is, uh, that's the passage I'm reading from. So the hand wrote four words. Okay, so now we'll continue from the scriptures. Daniel chapter 5, verses 25 to 28. And this is the inscription that was written. Many, many tekel upasim. And this is the interpretation of each word. Many, God has numbered your kingdom and finished it. Tekel, you have been weighed in the balance 
and found wanting. And Perez, your kingdom has been divided and given to the Medes and the Persians. So this is a passage of scripture that we find in the book of Daniel. And the word of the Lord that he first spoke is, The nations are weighed in the balance and they are found wanting, meaning lacking. They are lacking on one side is the righteous standard of God. On the other side is the standards that are practiced in the nation. The heart and the soul of the nation. How does it stand? So they are put on one side and God's holy standard on one side and then to see which goes higher, which goes lesser or they stay balanced, equal. So the standards of the nations are equal to the standards of God. And the Lord Jesus continued to say, My Father's hour of judgment is coming. Who will bear? It will be fire and brimstone. Now the word fire and brimstone was first mentioned in Genesis chapter 19 verse 24 where we read that God rained down fire and brimstone upon Sodom and Gomorrah. So when the Lord spoke this, all the saints that were gathered there, they lifted up their voice at the same time and they said, Oh Lord, your judgments are right. The nations are turned against you and your laws. They have devised wicked ways against your kingdom and your children. Their thoughts are wicked. So after saying this, then the Lord spoke this. Now this is about the United States of America. So from now onwards, what I, whatever I'm going to share with you is all centered on the United States of America. America will be judged. That's why this weighing scale is here. And I'm sure you have heard this over and over and over and so much so, most Christians just couldn't care less about the word America will be judged. Am I right? Yes. Am I right? Yes. Let's be honest. Yes. Am I right? Yes. You see, you have, you have heard this over and over. Even I myself have stood here and in several other conferences in the US and I've said the same thing. But if God had judged when he first spoke those words, where would we be today? We would have been gone to hell, you know? Right? You wouldn't be sitting here and enjoying the grace of God. If he had executed his judgment there and then, when the word was first spoken over this nation, where would we be? So again, he extends his grace. He extends his grace. One more year, Lord. One more year. One more year. The Lord Jesus Christ goes and stands before the Father God and he prays, one more year. One more year. One more year. 
is because of his prayers the judgment is postponed postponed and postponed but there will come a time where it cannot be postponed anymore right there will always come a time and now is that crucial time that is why at such a time as this the lord specifically to be how you go and bring this message so america will be judged how will she be judged two ways a flood is determined for her it will devastate the mid east a fire is appointed for her it will devastate the midwest so to the east is a flood to the west is fire i don't exactly know why but i'm just saying to you what the lord told me a flood is determined for her it will devastate the mid east and a fire is appointed for her it will devastate the midwest then the lord jesus looked at me and he said now i want you to go to america and warn them of the judgment that is coming upon them now please listen very carefully if they choose the wrong president you know this is the second time in my entire ministry in the us from 1991 till now where the lord specifically spoke to me concerning the destiny of the united states in relationship to choosing the right president wow you know you've been very patient you guys we're going through this together it's an all nighter i figure you know we will probably won't sleep well tonight anyway so you have a little meat and potatoes to chew on you know a lot of you aren't uh, maybe religious and a lot of you people who identify with the the non-religious part of yourselves are probably praying tonight that uh a certain candidate wins in your favor <laughs> it's not funny none of it's funny nothing ever nothing's been funny the whole 2020 my my laughter is straight uncomfortability just just uncomfortable but here we are so we have to you know turn lemons into lemonade <laughs> it's my job it's to keep us all calm even though lord knows there's not a bit of calm in my veins at this moment it's cold and icy and un- and fragile and unsure but uh here we are again we've got to we've got to have hope we've got to have faith no truly we really do and i think a lot of us are really uncomfortable unsure and uncertain and i'm just wanted to say it out loud because i'm okay with it i'm i'm learning to be okay with addressing things that um prior prior to this year i would not have been okay addressing out loud like uh like my status <laughs> divorce you know living in canada with my canadian and american children having to figure out how to 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 live life in canada without uh being married to a canadian and and what not and children who i 
absolutely love and admire. I try to keep them safe and out of harm's way, uh, you know, in America. And it's just, it's not comfortable. It is so not comfortable, especially when you're a mom like me again. That, that is an at-home mom. I spend every waking moment with her children, raising them to the best of her ability, giving them the, the tools to thrive in life and, and feel comfortable being who they are. And, you know, but uh, being their protector. And when you are, you know, forced with the possibilities of, you know, of living in America, you think about, or in, in this moment, 2020, you think of how uncomfortable that feels raising children of color in a beautiful country like America with all the tension, the racial tensions. So it's where my, you know, where my heart is right now. My heart is just is in a very uncertain way. And I'm okay with acknowledging that because part of the battle is acknowledging when you feel uncomfortable, how it makes you feel, saying it out loud, releasing it, and then letting it go and having faith. See, that's why we're up here and we're talking about a little bit about faith. The prof- prophetic portion of this show is interesting. It's a little scary, but, uh, we're we're going to go on the faith again. I said that, you know, part, most of you in here are praying that your candidate wins, even if you're not a praying man or woman or they or he, she, and, 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 and it's, and it's okay because, uh, right now, what better time than to find your faith in, in a situation where the plane's going down, right? We always talk about that when the plane's going down, even that atheists go, dear, oh God, save me, Jesus save me. So I think right now we're, we're, we're tapping into, we, we need, we need saving. We need some, some saving. And whether man puts that faith in another man, like DJT or Joey B, or whether man puts that faith in the unknown, like God or, or, or whoever else you may believe in. In my case, it's God. I believe in God. And I believe that God has already has understands where this is going. And, and we're just kind of in, in the way of, you know, figuring it all out. And if you, if you're awake today, you're starting to realize a lot, a lot of chaos is happening, whether it's like losing rights, gaining rights, this and that rights, 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 everything. There's a subdivision to everything nowadays. And it's kind of confusing and it may be confusing to God. Uh, no, 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 it's not confusing to God, but it's definitely confusing me. We got to, <laughs> we got to figure out what's right from wrong and what's, you know, up and down what's right from left. That's how I feel in general about 2020 is what's, what's up from down and what's right from left and what's my butt from my mouth, because it's all very, it's all very weird, but, um, here we are dealing with the weirdness of it all. And all we can do again is to, to look into whatever it is that we can tangibly put in our hands. And that's, you know, the pin to vote and to, to write that candidate in that you want. And uh, other than that, you, you do your part and you do your job. And then you have other prophetic words. And we have one here that I wanted to share. It's from professor, a professor who's been right about every election since 1984. His name is, what is his name? His name is Alan Lichman. 
and he developed a system that has accurately predicted every presidential election since 1984, with one exception. He predicted Al Gore, who did win the popular vote, but lost to George W. Bush. Well, that's not, he didn't win them all then. He, he missed one. He can miss it this year. We're not going to trust this guy. But we're going to hear what he has to say. Lichman stands by that prediction. Lichman tells CNN's Michael Summersquash that his system predicts Donald Trump will lose the White House this year. Again, we're not sure because we don't even know if he knows. We don't even know if he knows. But we're going to find out if he does. Polling suggests that Joe Biden has the upper hand in the 2020 race, but what do the keys tell us? An American University history professor who has called every race correctly since he began in 1984 has made his forecast for the 2020 presidential race known. With the final day of voting 87 days away, how can he be certain? Professor Alan Lichtman developed a presidential prediction model of 13 keys, the key factor that helped determine whether the incumbent party in the White House will maintain its hold with 13 simple true-false statements. He correctly predicted President Trump's victory in 2016. My system, which is based on patterns of history, as you know as well as anyone, does predict that this is a bad Democratic year and the Republicans should win, which means Donald Trump should win. However, for the first time in decades, I have put a caveat on my prediction, and that is historical patterns can be broken. Donald Trump is a history-shattering candidate. We have never before seen a candidate like this with no record whatsoever of public service. He also prophesied that the president would be impeached, saying Democrats would only have a chance at winning in 2020 if they impeached President Donald Trump. We showed you the history, so what do the keys predict for 2020? Professor Alan Lickman joins me now to discuss. He's the author of Predicting the Next President, the Keys to the White House. Professor, one asterisk, in the year 2000, you said Al Gore, and he did win the popular vote, and for this cycle now, you talk about election college victory. Am I right? Absolutely, because the dynamics have changed. The baseline is now that the Democrats automatically get five to six million extra votes in just two states, New York and California. Those votes count for zero in the Electoral College. So the baseline is now the Democrats will win the popular vote in any close election. So I now only predict who's going to win, which I did in 2016. And by the way, Al Gore should have won in Florida, too, because of the suppression of many thousands of African-American votes. I'm going to put the keys up on the screen right now. And what I want to call attention to is that they are largely objective. In other words, there's really not a debate about them. It's not what Professor Alan Lickman thinks. It's what the data says. But when you look at number 12, charismatic incumbent. You said that is false with regard to Donald Trump, and I, I know that half the country, at least 46%, would probably disagree. Speak to that. That's exactly my point. When you buy my book, you will see the criterion for this key is you've got to be broadly inspirational to the American people, like Ronald Reagan was, who brought in all those Reagan Democrats. Donald Trump is a great showman. But as you note, 
he only appeals to a narrow segment of the electorate. His approval rating is actually well below 46% on average, and his strong approval rating is somewhere between 25 and 30%. That is a candidate of flash, but not a charismatic candidate historically. The once-in-a-generational Ronald Reagan, Franklin Roosevelt, or Barack Obama in 2008. Professor Lichtman, your track record speaks for itself. What I find most stunning about the 13 keys is that missing are the debates. Missing who ran a better campaign are debates and indeed is the campaign generally overblown in its value. Absolutely. The key message of the keys is that it's governing, not campaigning that counts. So forget the polls, ignore the pundits, don't look at who's up or down day to day, forget about the debates, the speeches, the ads, the campaign tricks. The keys tell you to keep your eye on the big picture of incumbent strength and performance. And that's what the keys gauge, looking at things like long and short-term economy, scandal, social unrest, policy change, foreign policy successes and failures. And as you point out, only two keys have anything to do with the candidates themselves. Final question. I know that now President Trump, candidate Donald Trump, was very happy with you uh, four years ago. He'll be less happy to hear that Professor Alan Lickman says he's going to lose. The question is this. Is this subject to change? Is this in cement? Have you chiseled it in granite or is it in sand? The keys are in granite. He has seven keys against him. It takes six to predict the loss of the incumbent White House party. However, there are two things outside the realm of the keys or any prediction system, Michael, that keep me up at night. One is voter suppression. Look, the Trump depends on old white guys like me. Can't manufacture more old white guys. That's the most shrinking part of the electorate, but you can try to make it hard for the rising democratic base of minorities and young people. We heard your earlier speaker who was sowing fear and confusion, but Michael, he never answered your question about what the Trump administration is doing, if anything, to make this a full and fair vote. Second thing, that keeps me up at night is Russian intervention. We know they're back. They've learned a lot in four years. They may even try to get into the registration rolls this time. And we know for certain, just as in 2016, Donald Trump will welcome and exploit any Russian intervention on his behalf. So the keys are set, but we live in such an uncertain world. You know, there's an old Chinese saying, some call it a curse. May you live in interesting times. Wow. Wow. Wow, people. May you live in interesting. We've been saying that these times are very interesting a lot here on WTF Landia, and that's the way you describe something that's very, 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 very concerning in a more genteely way. It's interesting. Oh, my gosh. Oh, well, hey guys, this is a little intermission break. If you guys have, you know, come here and you've, you've come here to find a little bit of, uh, of chill, easy, relaxed kind of temperament, and you're not feeling like you're getting that, 
Um, I'm sorry. I really did not want for it to feel this way, but let's have a little, maybe a little break. Listen to a little Busta Rhymes. Does anybody hear the, the ELE? Extinction level event two, the wrath of God. Busta Rhymes, this album is sick. It's amazing. Came out October 31st. Let's give it a listen. Watch this short video. Wait, whoa, no, we're not watching that short video. Watch this short video. What happened here? No, no, thank you. Um, we are definitely not going to watch any short videos because Buster Rhymes didn't uh, make a video for it yet. It's just this album. This album is literally, Buster Rhymes was gone and now he's back with a jump off. He's got everybody in this album from everybody, actually. And it looks, it almost sounds like a Mad Villain album. It looks like a Mad Villain, Villain album cover. But if you haven't listened to it, you need to go ahead and download that. Uh, buy it off of... Uh, iTunes, but let me see who's in this album that I really, I like the Wrath of God portion of it. Um, let me look at the album. Do, 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 do. Oh, I can't find it. Anyways, this is a Q-tip, Q-tip's in it, obviously. Love him. Let's have a listen to don't go. Duplicate. See, lyrically, I'm undefeatable. Respect the logo. Stupid if you think that you can test me. That's a no-no. Effective with the hits, especially when I went solo and aggressive with the spin. I think you niggas know the cape and I not. Let's take this shit back to the real side. The shit that you can really feel, right? See, I do this for the people, all my ladies and gents. Had them breaking down a barricade and jumping the fence. Leader of the newest shit. Now let them see who the best. Harder to find us, so let it manifest in the flesh. I touch a microphone, you know I'm a bless. Niggas with the shit that you're feeling, you got in your chest. Now I'm bouncing out the building, leave the shit in a mess. I'm finished fucking up the spots, and I was back to the rest, rest, rest. See how we kill them with the slow flow. And we got the game in a chokehold. And where I'm going, you won't go. I'm leaving the game, they begging me, nigga, don't go. Ooh, a little snippet. A little snippet, little snippet, little snippet, little snippet from Buster Rhymes. You guys go get that album. I mean, just just get that album. That actually makes me feel better than anything that's making me um than 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 what's going on right now. I'm so confused right now. I just I I don't have a way out and I don't have a way around my words. So Buster Rhymes gave us a little something to, to bob our heads to with that one. And so we've we've heard from. The professor. There's another guy. Pat Robertson. 2020 prophecy election results and more. It's a 12 minute run, guys. Let's go. Hi there. This is. Now, if you know, I'm skipping ads, I'm skipping ads. I don't pay for this. You guys know me. <laughs> Here goes. I want to share with you. I was praying on Sunday saying, God, please tell me how it's going to happen. And I hope I've got the word. But first of all, I want to say without question, Trump is going to win the election. Uh, and uh, that doesn't mean you sit home and don't vote. That, that, that means you get out and do everything you can to work. But he's going to win. 
that's I think a given. And but after he is sworn in, and his vice president is Mike Pence, then trouble is going to happen. He's going to be challenged by the Chinese, as you couldn't believe. He'll be faced probably with some kind of a war. The North Koreans are going to have nuclear weapons. They're going to threaten us. Uh, the Russians are going to do everything they can. Uh, the Turks have got their things going. And after Trump is sworn in, we're going to see civic disobedience in our America that will just be mind-boggling. The, the country will be torn apart. But you talk about Trump derangement syndrome, it's going to be horrible. Because already, without anything happening, we've got trouble in the streets. But there will be at least two attempts on the president's life. Uh, and it's going to be very difficult. So I would just urge you, if you, you should pray for him. But now in the process, in the process, that this confusion is happening in America, and it looks like our country is being torn apart, the fulfillment will take place of Ezekiel 38's prophecy. And here's what it says. It says, Therefore, son of man, prophesy and say to God, this is what the sovereign Lord says, in that day when my people Israel are living in safety, will you not take notice of it? And you will come from your place of the far north and many nations with you, all of them riding on horses, a great horde, a mighty army. You'll advance against my people Israel like a cloud that covers the land. In days to come, God, I will bring you against my land that the nations may know me when I am proved holy through you before their eyes. Now, that's going to be next. You're going to have Trump win. You're going to have civic discourse. You're going to have at least two attempts on the life of the president. And, you know, you can just pray as to what's going to happen in relation to that. But this, this country is going to be torn apart. And... It will be the opportunity for Erdogan and Iran to come together against Israel. And that's what Ezekiel says is going to happen, that there's going to be this tremendous horde. Now, who's going to be involved in coming against it is going to be the, the, the Muslim communities on the border of Russia. And Azerbaijan is just one of them. They're, they're already trying to kill the, the Christians in, um, Armenia. in Armenia. And so you're looking at the possibility, that, and there they are. But in addition, you've got Iran that hates Israel, and they want to destroy Israel. Uh, you have some of the other countries, I mean, you know, North Yemen, and, and, and there are a few nations in, in North Sudan that are Muslim, and they hate Israel. And that whole coalition is going to come together, and they're going to say, because America is so occupied, we are therefore going to invade Israel. It's going to be our opportunity to crush and destroy Israel. And so there's going to be a tremendous war against Israel. But the Bible says God himself is going to defend Israel, and he's going to wipe out that horde. It's not going to be a nuclear war, but God himself is going to wipe out that horde of people that are coming against Israel. Now, what's going to happen next? I mean, you see, all right, you got, that's, the next thing that's going to happen is that God is going to...
assessing this podcast, I acknowledge that the entire contents and design of this podcast are the property of WTF Landia Radio or used by WTF Landia Radio with permission and are protected under U.S. and international copyright and trademark laws. Except as otherwise provided herein, users of this podcast may save and use information contained in the podcast only for personal or non-commercial educational purposes, no other use, including without limitation reproduction, retransmission, or editing of this podcast may be made without the prior written permission of WTF Landia Radio, which may be requested by contacting WTF Landia Radio. By assessing this podcast, I acknowledge that the WTF Landia Radio makes no warranty, guarantee, or representation as to the accuracy or sufficiency of the information featured in this podcast. The information, opinions, and recommendations presented in this podcast are for general information only and any reliance on this information provided in the podcast is done at your own risk this podcast should not be considered professional advice unless unless stated otherwise the WTF Landia radio group does not endorse approve recommend or certify any information product process service or organization presented or mentioned in this podcast and information from this podcast should not be referenced in any way to imply such approval or endorsement the third-party materials or or content of any third-party site referenced in this podcast do not necessarily reflect the opinion standards or policies of WTF Landia Radio. WTF Landia Radio assumes no responsibility or liability for the accuracy or completeness completeness of the content contained in third-party materials or on third-party sites referenced in this podcast or the compliance with the applicable laws of such materials and or links referenced herein. Moreover, WTF Landia Radio makes no warranty that this podcast or the server that makes it available is free of viruses, worms, or other elements or codes that manifest contaminating or destructive properties. WTF Landia Radio expressly disclaims any and all liability or responsibility for any direct, indirect, incidental, special, consequential, or other damages arising out of any individual's use of reference to this, reliance on, or inability to use this podcast or the information presented in this podcast.